Hey everyone, I'm Rachel, a walking juxtaposition and wearer of many hats. I live with my wife and triplet daughters in Asheville, North Carolina. I'm a book fanatic and author of You Are Not the Thoughts You Think. And I'm Megan, a stay-at-home mom and entrepreneur residing in Dallas, Texas. I live with my husband, two kids, two dogs, and two cats. I'm a fitness and mental health enthusiast, and in between the busy life of being a mom and wife, I'm the owner of my small business called The Love Within Us, where we focus on spreading love and light through self-empowerment. Good morning. Good morning. So I'm home with my kids today. <laughs> I put a, a show real on life. for them and I told them not to come into my room, but here we are. They are. That's how it happens. Okay. So we're back again and, um, you know, life, uh, the kids came in, we had a situation, but here we are. That's the beauty of editing. <laughs> yeah, it never just, happened. <laughs> just go ahead and just clip that portion now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we did another switcheroo on our topics for today, which I think has always worked out for us in so too. really fun conversation. Yes. So we're saving our big topic for another week, next week, probably. But this one had me thinking yesterday for Jen, my wife, I have like these like philosophical thoughts and I want to discuss them. And she's like, I'm not really interested in talking <laughs> about that. I'm like, why not? So anyway, we were in the car yesterday and I was like, you know, opposites don't really exist if there's not a boundary. She's like, I don't know what you're talking about, but you can't have, think about it like black and white those are opposites within the boundary of colors, right? But they're still both colors. So they have a similarity. Black and white are both colors. Mm -hmm. Hot and cold. Those are opposites within the boundary of temperature, but they have that in common. They are temperatures. Okay. Okay. So what about, okay. So like mad and sad, right? Those are opposites within the boundary of emotions. A feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the definition with Merriam-Webster, something that is as different as possible from something else. Let me pull up the other definition I found today. What was this from? Oxford says, the first definition says, having a position on the other or further side of something, facing something, especially something of the same type. And that was the line that I was hitting on when I was thinking about it of like, yeah, the same type. That's the boundary. Right. Right. You can only have an opposite of something within a same type. I think that, I think this topic fits in well with <clears throat> just our, the title of our podcast, juxtaword and kind of like the yin and the yang, but not because I guess yin and yang isn't really opposite. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I looked up the definition or not the definition. I Googled what is the difference between juxtaposition and opposite. That was interesting because you're kind of laying out. It's like juxtaposition or to juxtapose is to lay out two 
opposite things or contradictory things side by side to emphasize it. So like in literary terms, for example, with the Dickens quote, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. So it's a juxtaposition because you're taking those two opposites and you're putting them next to each other so to give like the reader the reference that you're talking about the same time because they're next to each other. And even then, like you're taking opposites, but they still, they still have to have a boundary around them. So he's talking about a period of time, but yeah, no, for sure. agree that it like you have to, you're playing, you're using opposites and it's playing into, you can use opposites in a juxtaposition. Yes. When you mentioned opposites, the first thing that I thought of was opposites attract. Yes. I think and- applying it to people is the most fascinating part of this, of that, that realization that I had about it having to have a boundary, meaning there has to be some similarities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It just goes back to, I think like what you just said a second ago was, well, it's just not always black and white. There's that gray scale. So even if somebody is mad, well, like on a scale of one to 10, how mad compared to on a scale of one to 10, how happy. And so there's that gray scale area of the opposite poles. That makes sense. Yes. So like with people, like for example, if you're talking politics, because that's a very divisive thing right now, mm-hmm. you would say opposites would be Democrat, Republican. Mm-hmm. But there are, I think if you look at it in the sense of what we're talking about, where it's opposites, that's within the political spectrum. So you're, there's still some similarities. And I think if we can apply that and think, you know, like this person is so opposite for me, I can't relate to them on anything. There's always something you can relate to on because that's even built into the definition of opposite. You have, there is, there is some common factor that you are opposite on within that common thing. Yes. On that topic of politics, it's like, you know, I may be of one side and this other person may be of this other side. But like, really what we're wanting is the best. We just have maybe different views, opinions. Maybe we've read a certain article, whether it's real or not. And we've been fed information that, well, I won't go down that hole, but it's like, we all want something good out of it. right? Right. And so, but like when you hit one topic, I mean, and maybe I don't want to say whatever topic, but like you, you hit a big topic, right? Right. Okay. Maybe it's gun control, abortion or something like that. Like it's a big topic, but at the end of the day, you're really wanting what's best. And under that massive topic is a million bullet points and whatever side you're on, I guarantee some of those bullet points will be the same. Like we're going to agree on it, but because of that, first bullet point or that second one or the last one that makes us opposite. Right. I don't know if that made any sense, but oh, in my head, it does complete sense. Yeah. It's your, there's going to be some commonality, something that you can share, whether it's just the fact that you care. So right. maybe on, yes. we're talking about like abortion, <clears throat> maybe the, the two sides, they both care about life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they care about defining when it starts. They care about mm-hmm. I mean, if you're talking about, I mean, it could be any like gun control, you, you know, you care about different things, but if we could just 
have conversations and come together and focus on those common things, I think it would actually bring everybody a little bit more centered on the different topics. I think that's where the conversation needs to happen. I didn't mean for this to turn so political, but I feel like, I feel <laughs> like we're, we're so, we, we picture ourselves so polarized right now. And I think we keep not, what's the right word? We're not helping the, the issue of the polarization by constantly pointing fingers at everybody. Mm, I think if mm-hmm. we could change the topic to, okay, we are opposed on this thing. So let's look at what is that boundary that makes us opposite? What is it? Like, cause like I said, there's that common thread, find that focus on that and figure out where we can pull a little bit closer, make that boundary a little bit smaller. And I think what I just got out of what you were saying and to piggyback on it, and this could go for anything, not even, you know, not just political, but like in your relationships with your spouse or friends, just people, your relationships with people is that it's never about just like pointing fingers because in all relationships, the root of it is that we care, right? We're caring bodies and people. And it's like the pointing the fingers does not help. It's not about blaming, even trying to just consistently say, well, you did blank. It's, it's about coming to that common ground of, okay, I understand that you feel A, B, and C, and I feel A, B, and C. You know, I'm sorry, you're sorry. Um, Maybe it could, maybe it has to be a, um, we agree to disagree, but there's space there for you to listen and try to understand. And that's just with anything. Right. I I think it's needed because because you both care about the topic. Yeah. Right. And I think realizing that is where you can start. And that's what makes, you know, provides empathy and gives you a good conversation is starting with empathy rather than starting with the differences. Yeah. Yeah. I see it a lot in um, mom shaming from mm-hmm. one mom to another. Mm-hmm. We, are so moms are so bad about judging each other on parenting and mm-hmm. the choices we make and uh, comparing ourselves to everybody. I think that looking at this topic of like finding that common ground of that, we're all trying to be the best moms we can be or the best parents that we can be. And that's that boundary of you might be complete opposite of another mom and you might, you know, have a lot of judgment on this other mom for her, the decisions she makes, but really what it comes down to is you're, you're both trying to do what is best for your kids and love your kids the best that you can. I think that just comes like the root of that is empathy, Mm -hmm. knowing that everybody has their own story and they are just doing the best that they can. You look at the men who are constantly rooting for each other and like they're in this I don't know, competitive world, but they're, they're rooting for each other to do well and, and make partner and, and make the next raise and promotion and bonus. And, and then we have women in that mom category. And it is, it's like, it is so judgmental. 
And I can say that I've been there. I think we've all had our times of judgment that we have taken part of it. But something that I've really worked on for the past couple years, two to three years, is that there just shouldn't be room for that. There has to be more room for understanding and, and help. Like, I would rather be helpful to someone mm-hmm. than judge them, or I would rather be kind. My kids may be 100% perfect all day long. And then the one moment I step into the grocery store, they don't listen, run around, knock things off the shelf, do this. And it is a, it's embarrassing because I'm like, y'all were so freaking good all day long. And now we're at the store and you're acting like this. And whether you're with, you know, a, a, a family member or you're with a friend, they're probably thinking like, oh gosh, she can't control her child. Her, her kids just don't listen when it's like, well, no, I've been home with them for 20 hours and they've been angels. And the one second I take them out of the house, they have this uh, maybe moment of exploration, (laughs) pushing boundaries. Mm -hmm. And instead of somebody saying, oh boy, she just can't control her kids. That's not helpful. Right. I think we all know, like we've been there. If if you're a parent and you take your kids to the grocery store, Mm -hmm. then you, you understand. I mean, I feel like most of the judgment comes from people who aren't parents or haven't been parents in a long time or Mm -hmm. are parents and don't do those chores with their children. They have that luxury, but a lot of us don't. But I think, I think you hit a great point where we should take those moments of judgment and catch ourselves and Mm -hmm. say, well, what if, if I were in her shoes, this is probably make up, you know, we all make up those stories in our head Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. what's happening in another person's life. Mm-hmm. I think if we could catch ourselves and change that into, well, this is probably happening and they need help. And this is probably happening and they could use my help. Um, and even if it's not true, I had, I had this waiter, um, this waitress at a Luby's in Dallas. <laughs> that I overheard her talking to another table about uh, some financial hardship she was in anyway. So I gave her a really big tip and then I caught myself later when I went to go give her the tip, hearing her tell another table. And so I'm wondering, and then I started questioning, you know, well, is she just saying this to everybody so that she like gets all this money? Mm-hmm. So should I have not given her that tip? And then I had to rewrite it in my head. Like, no, I'm going to choose to believe that this was mm-hmm. her real story and that she really is struggling and that I could help in this way. And I get to choose how that story goes. Yeah. Yeah. You should always choose good. And a second ago, you were saying, you know, let's, let's change that pattern to, to help in some way and not only just help, but like give grace. Yeah. Just give grace. I experienced a few weeks ago, like it was just my week to be dealt a handful of just my, my first thought is like nasty people. They were just really mean for no reason. I normally, and by normally, two, three years ago, Megan, would have sat with that anger all day. And what did that do for me? Nothing, except me complain about it all day to my mom or my husband, or just put me in a sour mood. And that did, that did nothing for nobody. 
that's not helpful. And so what I did, it was the day I got, I got, I stood in this, I didn't stand, I'm in my car to get air in my tire. And I was like the fourth person in line. And this person ends up cutting me. It's a very, I don't, I don't even know how you do that. Like, it's clear that there was a line. She cut me. And cause you have to understand these are cars. It's not like just your body, like you're in a vehicle. Right. And I'm just like, well, first off, that's really annoying. But then I had to think, you know, I would rather just say something has to be going on in her life that has put her in a position to do this. Maybe she's just a really mean person and takes advantage. And if that's the case, that's unfortunate. But maybe she's had terrible circumstances where she's been late to work all these times and da, da, da. Like she's going to get fired if she doesn't get air in her tire so she can get to work on time or or. I actually thought to myself, like she, somebody's in the hospital and she's rushing to get to the hospital, but she needs this air in her tire or something. And so I, I immediately turned those kind of like, well, she just must be like a horrible human being to, I'm going to give her some grace. And maybe she has a story that I don't know. And that immediately, you know, it flips your mood around. And I could sit in that, I could sit in that kind of frustration for like 20 minutes, but it didn't affect my whole day that's the change that you're talking about, like shifting that mindset in the moment and it's work, right? Like the first time I did this didn't happen in 20 minutes, but it's that type of practice. It's the giving grace, um, trying to be helpful, changing that narrative in your head, because like you said, we all make up that story and just like processing it and just letting it go because sitting in that space helps nobody, right? Negative thinking breeds negative action, breeds negative consequences. Positive thinking breeds positive action that breeds positive outcomes like manifestations. <laughs> yes. Agreed. You, you have boiled it down to what I imagined. So I, I'm a very visual person. So when I was having these philosophical thoughts about opposites and applying to the people, that's kind of what I'm talking about is you're looking for that common thread that, that boundary, your swimming pool, whatever it is that you're in, you're, you might be at opposite ends of the swimming pool, whether that pool's politics or whatever, but you're still in the same swimming pool. And so finding that common ground of like, like you were just talking about, of like having that empathy and having that grace towards the other person and knowing that they're seeing you as the opposite, just as much as you're seeing them as the opposite. You're both Mm -hmm. at the opposite ends. Yeah. And being able to relate to to somebody in that sense, I feel like that's what we need more of. I agree with you 100%. I think that's the interesting thing about juxtaposition too. I love how you brought that up about how it relates with opposites. I feel like with, with art, there was another thing you actually said too about make keeping space in art. You need that contrast of that, that juxtaposition between two like opposing colors to add depth and contrast to your drawings. So even if you're just doing like a pencil or a charcoal drawing, you have to leave that space, that white space, or it's just going to be, you're not going to be able to see what anything is. There's no shading. There's none of that. Even if you're just using one color. So using those opposites on the, the black, on the white paper and leaving that space makes it beautiful. Yeah. And it's, it's like, if everything was just the same, it wouldn't be interesting. It would just be boring. Mm-hmm. We have to learn how to meet in that middle ground and not just be closed, I guess. Yeah, you have to be open the, and the willing whole, to. 
communicate. Yeah. That's the whole beauty of the human experience mm-hmm. is interacting with those opposites. It move, allowing it to move you a little bit. Yeah. I found a quote and I wanted to read it. The life of this world is nothing but the harmony of opposites. Wow. Wasn't that good? That's really good. Who wrote, who wrote that? Who said it? Well, this person named Rumi. Famous Rumi. Yeah. Say it again. Say the quote again. Yeah. The life of this world is nothing but the harmony of opposites. The harmony of opposites. Isn't that good? It's so good. That's, that's just what we were talking about. Like if, if just everybody was the same, nothing would be, nothing would be interesting. There would no. be no harmony. I love it. I'm adding that to my quotes. I have a couple roomy quotes in my quote collection. I'm going to add that one. Send it to me so I don't have to find it. I will. I need to save it. I honestly, I just found it on Pinterest, which is kind of my go-to place. It's yeah. my, like the place of inspiration, but. You know, um, that's where I should put my quote collection. I should move it. I just have it written down. I should. Oh yeah. Put it on Pinterest. I have a- Oh yeah. I have like a whole uh, board of just quotes. I love it. You mentioned earlier, and it reminds me of Brene Brown, but um, how when you're watching someone or something or thinking about it, you know, you make that story up in your head, but Brene Brown talks about this when she, you know, has her conversations and discussions with her husband. And in one of her podcasts, she mentioned but they're out at this lake and she's trying to have this serious conversation with her husband and they're both swimming. So they're having this conversation while swimming, but it's clear that he's not paying attention and it's hurting her feelings. And so she eventually says, you're not listening to me. And I'm making up this story that what I'm telling you doesn't matter. Can you respond to that? And he says, you're telling me this really important story and I'm having a panic attack in the exact same time so I'm not here like you know he's he can't focus because you're having this panic attack and she's like had I not said that the whole time I would have just thought he's waiting to ask for a divorce I just really thought he didn't care he's not listening this isn't important to him and because she took the moment to say you know what I am making this I'm making this story up in my head and maybe it's true that I need, I need, I need a response to it. And so that's, she asked, making the story up in my head. And then instead of being mad at him for not listening, it became this place of compassion and empathy of, oh my God, okay, you're having a panic attack. How can I help? Let's have this conversation at a later time. Right. And so that was just really powerful to me. It shifted a lot of my thinking to when I have difficult conversations with loved ones or, or people that you can make space to ask that question, making the story up in my head of A, B, and C. Can, can you respond to that? Am I, is this real or can you tell me what you're thinking? And I think so much with relationships and what I'm learning, it's a lot easier for people to share things. And then for other people, it's a lot harder. And I'm a sharer, so I'm still trying to understand why it's so hard for some people to share, but I, I'm trying to leave that space open 
to say, you know, I'm always here if you need to talk or leaving that opportunity there. That's where, when you were telling the waitress story, my first thought was she's a sharer and she's sharing her hardships and not everybody shares hardships like that. Mm -hmm. Maybe she was, you know, going through such that hard time that she was brave enough to say, yeah, um, my life sucks right now and I need some help. And if you could leave an extra dollar, that would help, you know, like, so my first thought was, well, maybe she's just a share like me. And I may have like, that's something I probably would have done. Like, oh yeah, man, um, I've been hit hard this week and it's not, it's not good, but we're going to, we're going to make it, we're going to make through, you know, we're going to get through it. Yeah. Those are opposites too, the sharer and then the listener and the sharer. Mm-hmm. And it kind of goes back to our confrontation episode and all that stuff. We're really yes. boiling it down to your, your opposites. And you're trying to find that thread between the two and holding yeah. on to that thread. Yeah. So good. So good. All right. You have- Should we do a challenge and a question or a journal entry and a challenge? Yeah. Okay. My kids were really loud up here. And so I sent them downstairs, but now they've just decided to wrestle and play down there. And I'm, I'm trying to make room to say, at least they're not fighting and screaming. Yeah. But so if you hear them, just welcome to a day in the life of, or a morning of Megan. I think most of our listeners can empathize with having kids making noise when you're trying to do something. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So one time you pull out your laptop, to like respond to an email. It's like the house is burning down kind of thing, but like I said, I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell myself that they are laughing and having a good time Yeah. until, until someone gets poked in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's wrap this up. I have a lot of things I want to say, but I'm going to go with how can you make room for more compassion on your daily basis, as opposed to making up a terrible story about somebody or their life or how they act and how they live their behavior. How can you shift that to a more positive thinking space of giving more grace? I like that. Like rewriting the story. Yeah. And I would say a challenge would be to take that word opposite and think about it and either, either write what you picture when you picture the word opposite make a picture, draw a picture of it, Mm -hmm. create art based on it, whatever you Mm -hmm. want to do. But I think really dive deep into what that word means and Mm -hmm. what that imagery, what imagery that gives you. Yeah. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go right now and sit down with my kids and have a drawing session to kind of level everybody out, calm everybody down. And I already have the image in my head and I'm really excited. (laughs) You can make art out of it. Yeah. You can make some really cool earrings out of that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I could do the one that I have in my head that I'm going to draw into earrings. We're going to do that. I want to see it when you're done. Okay. I'm going to go draw it. Cool. We'll go play with those kiddos. Yeah. Thank you all for being here. And, uh, I apologize if I seemed a little distracted, but, but we got through it and I'm so thrilled. What episode was this? I think this is eight. 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 We're getting close to 10. Oh my God. I gotta go get my balloons. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. See you later. 
guys. Thank you so much for being here. We hope you enjoyed our conversation and ultimately found some aha moments that allow you to reflect and take positive action. If you found this episode interesting and helpful, please consider liking, sharing, subscribing, and even leaving a review. As always, you are worthy, loved, and powerful.